Welcome to the Made in Excellence podcast. I'm Jacoby Madewell. We believe we are made in God's image and that he has called us to do great things. We are here to share how we have and are building our personal leadership and life's legacies through wealth. We are all about having a positive mindset, an attitude of gratitude, and believe that we are the sum of the five people we surround ourselves with. Come join us and help us grow and become better together. Let's dive in. Awesome. Okay, glad we're here. Hey, Carrie, glad you're with us here. So it is uh, Phil Gazka, myself, and Carrie Schoonvelt today. So Carrie, thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so Carrie is uh, a friend of mine, friend of Haley and I's, and um, a great friend, actually. And she is an agent at our office at Madewell Real Estate Company. And um, how long have we known each other now? 20... 15, 16. Probably 15, 16, yeah. somewhere along those lines. Yeah. yeah. A long Se- time. Seven years ago. I know it was pre-Haley and pre-Kurt before you met Kurt, before I met Haley. So that's it's at least seven years ago. At least seven, but we knew each other before that. That's right. In the, in the even crazier times. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Uh, Lots of great memories. Man, we go way back and uh, one of my favorite people. Everybody loves you. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad you have me here. Yeah. So Carrie, uh, tell me a little bit about, let's just give everybody a little bit of a rundown of who you are. You're a aunt, you're a friend, you're a real estate agent, you're a real estate investor. How'd you get your start in real estate? Where did all that come from? So Jacoby, um, yes, I'm an auntie, not just an aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a daughter, a sister, a friend, um, a honey to Kurt, a bonus mom, all the things. Yeah. And a real estate agent, investor, Airbnb host, um, lover of life, yeah. all the things. Uh, so I got my start in real estate kind of on a whim when you get to recreate yourself again mm-hmm. as an adult and you change careers and you don't know what you're really going to do and uh, I was changing careers yeah. out of the radio advertising business that I'd been in for many years. Okay. Radio, what you started with? Radio is what I started with. Okay. And I did advertising and I did it in the secular world, in the nonprofit world, and okay. got my feet planted in that and thought yeah. I'd be in the music world forever. Um, it's still in my blood. So this feels like you're a DJ music host already. Well, no, I wasn't any of that. <laughs> you were in sales, right? I brought sales, yeah. yeah. Um, so when I got the opportunity to kind of recreate myself in a sense, I just started praying mm. and asking God for direction of, he knows what I'm good at. He knows what he created me to be good at. He knows mm. what I love and yeah. he knows what I don't love. And so I, I just started praying and I thought, I've got some time and I've got a minute to figure out what I want to do. I did not want to go into the corporate world again. Yeah. And um, being raised by entrepreneurs and risk takers and business owners myself is kind of what I had known too. Yeah. And on a whim, one day my dad just said, hey, get in real estate. And I was like, heck no. Like, yeah. no, absolutely not. I won't make any money. Um, there's too many people doing it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, just, just, I'm not. And I knew a few people that were, that I thought were successful that are still in the business and, uh, driving down the road one day, I was real clear to me at a red lot, in fact. And I thought I'm going to do this because if I, if I don't do it, I'm going to regret not doing it and taking the risk, which is what I Mm -hmm. knew how to do. But if I do it and I succeed, great. If I don't, fine, I'll just go get another job somewhere else and do something else. And so, here I am almost 10 years later. That's crazy. It is almost 10 years that we've been in this together. Um, so you were in Leveland at the time. I was. I was I was in Leveland and going through changes in my life mm-hmm. and kind of going back to my roots per right. se, which is right. actually good too, because mm-hmm. I think God spoke louder and clearer maybe at mm-hmm. the place I was in my life at that time. And I started with a small brokerage there. She had just went out on her own as well Mm. and had an opportunity um, to just be in the beginning of something. And learn with her. And learn. And then not just with her, but all the wealth of knowledge that is in in my hometown. Well, and speaking of your hometown and your dad, why why was your dad adamant about you getting real estate? It's because he has a couple of investments, right? Yeah, he's got approximately about 80 properties um, now that he owns and... Um, at that time, he he had been in rental property, and and he was kind of like, "Hey, I need some knowledge on the other side of things." Right. And he he said, "You know, you can figure out the other side, the money side, and the property value side, and the investment side." And he knew what he was doing, getting rentals. Yeah. And just literally on a whim, was like, "Go get your license." And so you did it. And so I did it in That's four awesome. weeks. And Love it. Done. 
Yeah. I'm glad you did because yeah. now we're all sitting here together. Yeah. This is uh, exciting. Yeah. So uh, tell me about that as an investor. Your dad was an investor. It definitely got you interested. Is that, is that what got you interested in investing was just from your dad and from him doing it before? Because you're an investor, an Airbnb owner, some of that. So tell me what, what got you wanting to be an investor? Yeah. Watching him and watching, uh, I've just, I've always had the opportunity to walk in his footsteps mm. and to literally learn from what I consider one of the best. Yeah. He has failed at a lot of things and succeeded at a lot of things. Yeah. And I have watched him even in the real estate world. And my take on real estate was a little different than his. He wanted to hold a property and hold a rental property and I saw more of the entertainment side of it mm. and more of the social aspect of it. That's and so funny that you like that because you're a very social person. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, I thought, well, you know, I, I want to flip a house mm -hmm. and I want to get into the middle of it. And I did. I changed out plugs myself. I hung ceiling no fans. Kidding. Things I never I electrocuted myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Things that I did not yeah. ever dream that I would be doing. And mm -hmm. I walked into my first flip, scared out of my mind. And yeah you know, coppers yanked out of the walls and mm -hmm. I had never seen anything like that um, and took it on as a project and, and got to learn the aesthetic side of it. And then out of that became becoming an Airbnb owner and host, because that also is a way that I can give back and yeah. I can serve someone. I always want my home and my place mm -hmm. to be um, just somewhere you can come be. Right. And whether that be a dinner or a place to stay. Right. Um, that even ventured into a home that my friends were coming back from being missionaries. Oh, that's cool. And they, in fact, needed a home to stay in. And, in and you were able to give that to them. And they stayed with me. And Do you, you kind of consider your dad's way of investing and your way of investing like old school versus new school? Oh, very much. I've never even thought of it until you were talking about it like that. But that is so much it was because you've told me about your dad before. and Your dad um, was very adamant about paying it all off. Versus you and I are very much of how can we use debt to our advantage, very much, you know, some of that stuff there. Yeah, we just had a different, we still have a different perspective on things, but yet we come back to the core of it being the same core of mm -hmm. our foundation, of our ideas and our thoughts, and not just him, but other people that I've got to watch in the business and right. grow. And, you know, you read about and you, and you research and you just watch things kind of evolve. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, new versus old somewhat. I have a different perspective on some things. and Yeah. So um, when did you get into the first Airbnb? Was it even an Airbnb or were you just giving somebody a place to stay <laughs> knowing you? Well, no, that's, that's a thing that kind of came about. So Kurt is my significant other. Mm -hmm. And funny story is I lived in Loveland. Right. And he lived in Lubbock. Uh-huh. And very rarely did I get him to come venture out to Loveland, which is 20 minutes to the west of right, here. Right. It's not like you're trekking across Fort this Worth. This makes it to our Dallas-Fort Worth friends are going to be like, 20 minutes, come on. Yes. And so I Phil was like... Phil from Houston's over here, like, 20 minutes sounds like a yeah. dream. Yeah. Piece and, of cake. <laughs> and so I was like, you're venturing 20 minutes to the mm -hmm. west, dude. Like, yeah. really, what is your problem? And so we had stayed in an Airbnb ourselves, Right. That someone owned. Right. And a friend of ours in Riodosa, and we stayed, we enjoyed it. We came back home and we thought, huh, well, you know, we maybe could be, we could Airbnb our, did you pay our, too, did you pay too much for the Airbnb? Is that what it was? You paid so much money that you're like, we got to get some of this. Something. I mean, <laughs> something. I'm like, we got to figure out how to do this ourselves. Right. And hospitality, like is both Kurt and I's passion. Mm. And so we, we opened up our home here in Lubbock. Oh, you did the Lubbock house first. Lubbock house fell okay. first. And we, it's almost been probably five years. I was about to ago. say five years. Yeah. Um, and we only opened it for football weekends. We okay. realized that there was a lot of excitement with tech football. And so we thought, well, we'll just open it a couple weekends in the fall mm -hmm. and Kurt will just come hang out and level in or we'll go somewhere. Right. And that's how it started. Yeah. Like we just said, we'll open it four weekends of the year. And here we are. Five years, Five years later, later, we own multiple Airbnbs mm -hmm. now, um, and we do a little different than most people. We've had a different take, and we take a lot different risk. And to me, stuff is just stuff. And so I opened right. my home to my friends, and out of that then became my friend coming back from being a missionary with their two kids, needing a place to stay. And I was in and out of my home, and I mm -hmm. said, hey, just come in and move in and, and yeah. make yourselves at home, and I'll be here in the pa passing. Why do you think that people are really going after the short-term rental Airbnb game? Like, what is your take on it? So 
my opinion of it is your risks are a little less than owning a full-time, long-term lease property. Okay. Um, an Airbnb, you are in and out of it, or a housekeeper is in and out of it, or a guest is in and out of it. And it's also a rating-based service. And rating-based means if you get a bad rating because, A, it wasn't clean or location's bad or something's broke or whatever, an amenity was missing, well, that's kind of personal. Mm. And also, it's a little less risk because a lease on a property that you're renting, per se, like my dad does, he may not see that property for a year. Right. And he and may not never, walk in it. And he doesn't know that it has a hole in the wall yeah. and that the plumbing's been leaking for two months. And Tenants don't actually turn in repair. Or rep- they don't tell uh, you. Yeah, they don't do any of that. And Airbnb, you are on RVRBO. You're on top of it because your rating depends on that. Yeah. Your yeah. money depends on that. Yeah. A, ro- a long-term rental. So do you see people putting a lot of cash into these to keep all these repairs up? Or do you feel like that's not even an issue at all either? We have not had that big of an issue because if you're on top of the things, then big issues don't happen. Yeah, your little things don't become big things yet. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So whenever you're looking at an Airbnb, looking at a property, if I'm just, if anybody's listening to this going like, wow, I didn't know she was going to educate me today. What are you looking at for a property besides just straight um, uh cash flow, what are you looking at to see if there'd be a good Airbnb? Because you said you Airbnb'd your one in Leveland, and I would never have thought Leveland would have been a good spot, but we've seen quite a few of these in, in locations that are succeeding. And so I guess, let me. what are you looking for there? And then the next question I would have as well, um, why are people seeking out to rent an Airbnb versus a hotel? So to answer your first question, what we what I look for or I recommend to anybody looking to get into the Airbnb or VRBO short-term rental market is to have something that is enticing about the community that you want to go into. It doesn't have to be um, 30A Florida. Okay. It doesn't have to be Los Angeles. It doesn't have to be Dallas downtown. Right, or right next to Texas Tech. It can be level land. So what I found even there is the Mallet Event Center there, yes. which is a large event center that, Great for rodeos out that there. draws a lot of things. It, mm-hmm. it has all the ag-related programs. They mm-hmm. have events. It's a really nice facility. Also, my property was right next to the junior college. The basketball and track program in Leveland is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of draw that comes to that because I didn't know either. They host host a lot of high school basketball tournaments tournaments. So I realized that you don't have to have the biggest and best, you know, whatever, vast things. You don't have to have Texas Tech. Right. Um, That is a plus, too. So. Going from a small community of Leveland that has a junior college and a little event, not a little event center, but a large event center mm-hmm. that had some draw there. Um, coming to Lubbock that has Texas Tech, LCU, Wayland, Five South Plains, colleges. all the yeah. colleges, all the hospitals, everything, everything you could desire. To then going into Possum Kingdom Lake, which is not fancy, right. but it's water and it's fun. And COVID happened and everybody went crazy and, and mm-hmm. stayed in in their home state, they did mm-hmm. not travel that much right. outside of the United States as we look for something that draws you to that community or okay. is going to actually like, what's our attraction, be something, your attraction, mm-hmm. your location. And in our experience, um, I don't want to be right next to the attraction. Oh, okay. I want to be a little bit away like people from would that. Be, near, be close to it. So that's interesting to hear you say that. So in my experience, I have less, um, Less risk. Yeah. If I pull myself a couple miles out, I have families that rent my home. Right. I don't have your quick, you know, want to get a good place to have fun party. Well, we right. don't do that. Right. Um, ours are not really for that purpose. And so um, location is always a big draw as well. Um, obviously, you want things to look really good in pictures mm-hmm. as you do anything. Right. Pictures are what sells an Airbnb more than anything, more than location, more than price, um, is the pictures. And your answer to your second question, which kind of goes into that picture thing is why would you choose a hotel or an Airbnb? What you're finding is families want to hang out together. They want to have dinner together. They want to watch TV together. They want to play games together. They want to sit around the fire pit together. They make their home. They want to come be somewhere they can lay on the couch. Right. And you can't really accomplish that in a hotel also, you can put three families in a home. Mm-hmm. You can only put one family in a hotel room. And you're spending usually a little bit, maybe a little bit more per night. But if you can get more beds in there, you don't have to necessarily spend it for getting two, three hotels kind of thing. Do you allow dogs? Do you allow pets? 
Um, on occasion. Okay. Depending on the breed size. Depending on the breed yeah. and kenneled and... Yeah. Yeah. So in Lubbock, we haven't seen rental rates. They're catching up. I don't know if you've noticed that as well, but rental rates are getting higher, which is good for us as realtors and investors. Um, probably not good for people that are stuck renting. So if you, a little plug for us, if you need to buy a home so you can stop renting, let us know. But yeah. they're paying, uh, we're seeing $1,650, dollars $1,800 more than we ever have for a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage house. Um, and so just recently I closed on a deal that was about $150,000 mortgage. It was $185,000 house. Mortgage was $1,250. They're going to basically break even. How much do you, f I mean, basically break even after property management, you know, taxes, insurance, all that stuff. How much are you seeing um, in an Airbnb cash flow versus just a regular investment cash flow? Because we're like high five and if we're hitting $100, $200 with a regular investment versus, which I know your dad's got his paid off, so there's no debt service. Right. But with, um, Comparing real estate, regular single family home to an Airbnb investment, what do you say your cash flow is? They're very similar. Right. Um, in fact, ran the numbers on both and you're going to make a little bit more, maybe a tad bit more on an Airbnb. Okay. Um, it always helps if you can occupy that Airbnb yourself too. Okay. Um, so, so you're saying people need to look into actually Airbnb in their current own personal homes. Yes, because I then it becomes. Have not anybody tell us that? Yes, and it's actually a risk you're taking, and you're letting people into your home and all the things. But that's what Airbnb originally started as. That's right. the founder of Airbnb. He said, "I'm going to put a blow-up mattress on the floor, and let you sleep at my house because there's an event at the arena down the street." Mm. That's really what it started as. It didn't start as I'm going to leave my home for you. It started oh. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to let you come couch surf. We're going to be friends. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna, And I've made friends and, and I love yeah. it because we have repeat people stay now. So when you ask about the bottom dollar, the cash flow for an Airbnb is slightly more. It is right. not a lot more. You're seeing like two, like um, anywhere from $300, $350 a month is your, your Airbnb cash flow? Yes. So you're okay. not going to make a killing off of an Airbnb unless you are in one of those maybe specific areas that they're yeah. getting just an astronomical amount or you might get an astronomical amount if your football team is doing great your basketball <laughs> team's doing great you might get 500 yeah. a night on a weekend and mm -hmm. that's great you might see some influxes go up and down we have seen that since we've been in the business mm -hmm. now we went through covid saw a lot of influx happen um but maybe two three hundred more than you would just a normal rental but again you're getting to see what's happening in it you're getting reviews, you're, you're building also potential for friends and clients and, right. and whatever in the future. And you aren't building that necessarily in a rental. That's interesting. That's a great thought too. <laughs> okay. So, um, one of the things that you had said was serve. You've said that word like three or four times. Um, I know that's a passion for you. So I'd have to say like, tell me, I, I asked this to every person that we sit across from, tell me about your kind of uh, life mission, who you are, um, and like, how are you integrating that into your personal sales business along with your investment? I know you've talked about hosting people and how that means to you. Talk to me about, talk to me about who you are and your mission in life. So Jacoby, yeah, that word serve has just stood out to me always. I mm -hmm. grew up in a business that my parents served the community. Which one? Um, they were a convenience store owner okay, that one. and, and that's really where they started and they served the community and they, um, showed me and my sister what that exactly looked like yeah. to constantly, treat others like you want to be treated mm -hmm. and serve them as if that's, that's Jesus walking on earth. Like it's, cool. it's how you want to treat someone and you want to be treated. And so when you say that, that what's your passion, it is to serve others. And I know that's very cliche and, and to really love, love people right where they're at. Yeah. Like no matter your circumstance, your situation, your financial, your whatever walk you're on in life right. is to be there and, and be a catalyst for changing that person's life mm. in the midst I've had my own life changed right. because I've been able to be a catalyst for someone else's life being changed. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot of other people. I do know a lot of people that have this attitude of gratitude like you do, but you are very intentional with your attitude of gratitude that you've taken that serve and gratitude kind of mindset and just put it into the servitude. Um, whole is just like a, a way to, you just walk your whole life. You just walk kind of this servitude mindset, servanthood. Yeah, because regardless if I'm in real estate or if I'm in radio or if I'm in secular making the money or a nonprofit making money or donating yeah. my time or or just being in a social setting, um, I just want someone to feel their worth. I want right. I want people to feel their worth and 
very specifically for a long time, it was women to just Mm -hmm. know their worth. And I've even extended out on that. Now I want, I want, I want my niece and nephew to know their worth at 10 and 12. And I want my friends and I want my Mm -hmm. clients and, and real estate's given me the tool to change someone's trajectory of their life. I have a tagline that I've had for quite some time is changing lives one house at a time. And knowing that don't let someone else decide your future for you. Like you get to decide your future for yourself and you get to decide to chase that dream or you get to decide to go on that road trip. Um, I just came across something in the last couple of days or maybe weeks since things. And it's like the road trip of life. Hmm. Um, I want to be on the road trip of life with people changing things for them and showing them that there's a better way. And, you know, our parents came out of the depths of places that we will never experience. And they showed me that. And then having the faith that I have had has shown me like, you don't have to stay in this place. Like you can get out, you can change things, you can change other people's lives. And that starts with serving others. It really does start with serving others and loving others and, and just be kind, just be nice. You don't, you, you don't know what someone's going through, going through. I mean, people think they know what I'm going through or what I have or have not gone through. And you just don't ever know. And, it's, it's enabled me to really be a part of some amazing times in people's lives, including my own. I love that. We went from real estate sales investments to really, you know, diving deep on that. So I'll, I want to dive a little bit deeper. Um, for those that may be listening or watching this um, another time, about from the time we're recording this, uh, two weeks ago, nearly to the day, right? Two weeks? Um, mm, last week. La- oh, is it just last week? That last week, yeah, maybe ten oh, days two ago, weeks. Two, two weeks, weeks ago, two yeah, two weeks, weeks ago gosh, to the day, um, your life kind of like turned upside down there for a minute. Um, so I didn't bring any tissues, so you're gonna have to just yeah. hold it together, okay? <laughs> um, so, man, walk us through that. You are very much like myself, a positive affirmations. We speak things into existence. We're very much law of attraction people. With Jesus, He'll guide us. Like we do all that together. So you're always speaking positivity in your life. And, um, last or two weeks ago, your, your leg started bothering you and you're like, ah, it's not a big deal. It's no big deal. And you told me, this is, I'm regurgitating a story that she told me that you went to the doctor and just kind of walk us through what happened. Yeah. To put it in a nutshell, my life flashed right before my eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the gist of it. And, uh, God was doing things before mm-hmm. and he's definitely doing things now. And he did things in the middle of it. Right. And so to tell you what happened is literally two weeks ago today, um, I went to the clinic on a Wednesday morning and my leg was swollen. It had been swollen for about a week, kind of up and down. I didn't think anything of it. Um, I'm pretty healthy. And so Mm -hmm. honestly, kind of didn't pay attention to it much. And I blew it off. And some friends were like, maybe you need to go to the doctor and maybe next time I'll listen. I don't know. Um, And so... That Wednesday, it was swollen and had not gone down. Mm. And I got up and I went to the clinic. And the minute I walked in the clinic and the doctor took one look at me and she said, drive her to the ER. And from from that moment to the ER to getting back into a room and all the things was maybe like, I don't know, quite, not quite an hour. And, wow. and all in the midst of this, it was all just a blur. And I'm still processing it and journaling and writing and praying and just all the things. Um they're telling me that my body is filled with blood clots and not just little blood clots. Like you think of when you turn the little dial upside down and there's, you know, liquid and oil in something. And that's kind of what you think of. There's a blood clot from my ankle to my groin. There's blood clots in my abdomen. There's blood clots in both of my lungs. And they're just telling me one thing, another doctor would come in and another doctor would come in and EKG and a, and a sonogram and a Doppler and a, I don't know all this stuff they were doing cat scans And all of this information was coming at me so quickly, minute by minute, things were just changing. And it was just Kurt and I at that moment. And I didn't know really what I was processing other than this is something to be scared about. Mm. Never experienced anything. I'm pretty healthy. In fact, Mm -hmm. I'm the healthiest person in my family. And I have had gratitude and I have had affirmation that I am a walking, healthy person and my family is not. Yeah, they told you the thing you told me that day. Um, I felt like it, because we're such good friends, I had an inside track to what was going on. But uh, they said, how did you walk in here? 
Mm-hmm. You had blood clots. I'm going to reiterate that. You had blood clots from your ankle to your um, to your your hips, and then it split, went to both lungs. You had three in both of your lungs, abdomens, and then one in your lower left ventricle of your heart, right? Yes. And they just kept asking me, are you okay? Like you're not hard of breathing. You're, you're, my oxygen was fine. How are you not in pain? And there no. was nothing. There was no indication. There was no fever, no nausea, no, no, no. Co- discoloration. And I just kept in my mind going, how's this real? Right. Like I, they're telling me all these things that could kill me at any given second, but yet I feel fine. Right. And I kept just telling myself I was fine. That's how I've been. A raised, my faith tells me that, and then I'm hard headed enough that I do that. So three things there. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm fine. Yeah. Because in the flesh I was fine. Mm. Internally, there was something else going on right. for a very long time. Not yeah. just that day. Um, and this is where I do get emotional because it wasn't just a physical health battle too. I think there was a spiritual battle going on that that that's another issue for another day. Um that God overcame and he overcame prior and then my health was going to be taken from me. My life could have been taken from me and it wasn't. Yeah. So then Thursday, well, you're supposed to do surgery Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. They pushed it to Thursday afternoon, had surgery, went in successful. Very. I'm here. I'm here walking, talking and being spunky and sassy. So the surgery was four hours long, right? Yeah. Supposed to be an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, that was trauma enough too. And my family was praying and, and friends and thousands of people. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, just told someone at lunch that I don't even know some of these people that have called or messaged or talked to me. Um, that's crazy. And just how social media for one and then mm-hmm. friends and then the power of just prayer is amazing. And so a surgery was supposed to be an hour and a half or an hour long was four and a half hours long. And they said, you know, when we got in there, we found that things were, were, much worse than even what they looked at. Yeah. So what they say over 30 days that they could tell a timeline is how long these clots had been there at least. Yes. And so I've been walking time bomb for 30 days at least. Any given moment in any given time, I could have just literally like died. Yeah. Um, Because a clot could have went immediately to my heart and to your heart, brain, brain, anything and been a much different story than it is today. And in the midst of all of these things, um, you know, on Wednesday night, I did. I lost it when they told me it was in my heart. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there with Kurt and I, and I just said, I don't want to die. Like, you're fine talking to someone and for you to physically say, I don't want to die. It's like someone holding a gun to your head. I don't want to die. And I thought, well, what am I going to do if I don't die? Like, what now? What comes next? And then the next day I have surgery and I come out and I'm fine. And they let me go home on Friday and I'm still fine. And, and I'm still fine today. And it's you next. went to the Broadway musical I on Friday. I went to Broadway musical and I even asked the doctor. And, you know, I'm not going to let much stop me. Right. And that kind of put things into perspective also that, that God has a big purpose. And now it's my job to hear him and to seek him and to figure out what my next purpose is. Um, I've lived out some of those things that he has given me, maybe not to my full potential. Um, I try to do what I think he's laid on my heart to do and to be and to move along. Um, But through this experience, Jacoby, like it's like as if you're outside in an out of body experience. Yeah. And it's like you're looking at, I watched the Oscars the other night. It's like you're watching a movie. And, and it's, it's your life and you're watching this movie. And a friend of mine told me, she said, you know, most, most people don't ever get to know the love that others have for them. And because it happens at funerals and I'm getting to see firsthand first real life experience of not only the love that also I get to go out and say, I didn't do this. God did this. Like God truly. That's such a powerful statement. What did you say? I'm going to say it again. You didn't, most people don't get to feel the love that people have for them except for at their funerals, and you got to feel it in the flesh, real life. Real life. Firsthand. Real time. So tell me about, like, um, gosh, I couldn't imagine that. I've probably had many moments in my life where I was really close to dying, but it was because of stupidity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never had anything like this. So um, I know you're totally, we talked about you having to imagine a gratitude and waking up just grateful. Um, what, what all, what, like, what direction are you going? What, what have you learned here? What are you, what are you thinking as you go to, mm-hmm. you know, it's been two weeks to the day, mm-hmm. you know, we just talked about some of your sales investor stuff and showing people what they're worth. 
Yeah, it's, you know, I've sat on it for about two weeks, too. Yeah. I haven't said much. Mm-hmm. I haven't shared much. I've wrote a lot, and I've just sat in silence a lot. I don't do that very well. Um, and I've just asked God, show me, like, what now? Like, what am I supposed to do with you spared my life? You didn't just spare my mom's or a friend's. You spared mine, and my purpose is bigger, and you're not done. And so now show me again on this adult life roadmap, road trip I'm on, like, what next? Mm -hmm. Because there's been some obstacles. There's been some self-created obstacles, and obviously this is not one. Um, And to experience now, like, what do I go do? Like, what do I... I get to live this life, but I get to go share and I get to wake up again every day and I get to walk and I get to be healthy and I get to choose to have these conversations and I get to share. Mm -hmm. So many people don't get that opportunity. And so now it's a process of, of, you know, sharing a, my faith, um, and being like, really, I, I truly give glory to God, not to, not that the doctors were not used in a matter, in form and fashion that God created them for. They were, and they were phenomenal. Um, and I have to give a shout out to all the amazing doctors and nurses that were part of this. Um, but to truly say, like, in the moment when I was scared on Wednesday night, ooh, this is where I will get emotional. And I was terrified. And fear literally overcame me. And I told Kurt, I don't want to die. And I told my mom and dad, my sister, I don't want to die. I went to bed and I slept but I had nightmares and on Thursday rolling into the OR my mom goes don't be scared and I said I'm not scared anymore because God's got something bigger so I don't know what that is Jacoby like you're asking me where do I go from here I don't know I don't know I know that I'm supposed to share the fact that this is my testimony and I'm here to tell you that he is a healing God that is more powerful than any fear, any doubt, any unknown that I've ever experienced in my life. And I've been faced with a lot of crap. You know, it's funny, Carrie is so many times and we talked, I talked about this last week with, uh, with Stephen storm. Um, but I went to this retreat and we talked about how sometimes we don't feel like we are big enough or we are have the tools or we're the right person that needs to be called upon. God will call somebody greater. God will call somebody bigger with a bigger platform. But like you're sitting here, a girl from Leveland, Texas, that worked in the convenience store growing up, and I know you've sold the cell phone cards and you sold music radio ads and you've done all this stuff and it's like, from that to like an Airbnb host and all this like cool stuff. And it's like, um, now you're, you know, fully grown. And it's like, man, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And it's kind of like, it hits you. Like, it's like, we talked to chapters, but that you're, you are not, you're a special, amazing person, but you're not anybody that's any different from the person we're walking next to in the grocery store. No. And in fact, you know, I've struggled with that a long time. I have hopes and goals and dreams and, people that I admire and look up to and things that I have always wanted to be. And um, it was to show people worth Mm -hmm. and to show them a hope and to show them that they're loved. And that's really all that I've ever known is, is to be those three things. You're able to do that as you are. You didn't have to go achieve something first or win something first. And you've been doing this before this life changing event happened two weeks ago. Now it just gives you a little bit more, um, I don't want to say like like a emphasis or like let's go do it faster, but it's kind of like you want to go do it a little bit more to show, you know, show more, do more. I don't want to yeah. miss a moment. I just had is. lunch today and I, I saw someone in their brokenness and their pain and their hurt and their fear. Um, and I just said, you know what? I'm praying for you. And when I say that I'm praying for you, I really am praying for you. Mm-hmm. I, you're, you're really on my heart. And out of what I went through, it's made, I don't, there's a song, like, I don't want to miss a moment. I, you get one life to live. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to go back and do do overs. You can start another page. You don't get to go back and fix the rest. Yeah. 
you can do from now moving forward. And so in my personal life, my faith, my friendships, um, I know it's another cliche word to be intentional. I, I want to be very intentional about, um, what I'm portraying and who I'm around and what I'm allowing into my mind. And, you know, that Wednesday night allowed some junk into my mind and fear is a liar. And I know that, but I was scared out of my mind, like trembling, scared, like as if I had just, you know, seen death. I did see death itself. Um, and then that changed on Thursday and the fear was gone. And I knew that regardless, God's in control. And so now moving forward, like even in my business and the conversations I want to have, you don't have to be the most educated in the room and you don't have to be the oldest in the room and you don't have to be the most experienced in the room and you don't have to go get all the accolades. You don't even have to be on a stage um, of someone you admire that's a major icon. You don't have to be in front of 50,000 people. It can be the five that God chooses that you be in front of. Yeah. And the person right across from you. Mm-hmm. I love that you said, I'm actually praying for you because West Texas, that's a great saying. All right, we'll be praying for you. Mm-hmm. Are we? Or yeah. Are we, you know? So, yeah. And that's awesome. And um, when you were saying all that, it made me think of like how our self-talk is. You know, we're, you and I are very big in this. We talk about this all the time. And that Wednesday night, it, which it was more than self-talk, you had a whole lot going on, but it's like you like allowed some things to be said to yourself and you believed them and you took them and you held them as truth. And those were not truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that I really, um, I want to be engaging in is is speaking truth into others' lives, just like at lunch. And I took this friend and I said, you know what? God's got something way bigger. And I can tell you that because last week I didn't know that he had anything for me either. Mm. And on Wednesday I was terrified and I heard the lies on Wednesday night. And on Thursday I told the lies where they could go. And I just told my friend, (laughs) You know, God's got something bigger, yeah. even in the midst of the junk that you're in, something beautiful is coming out of it yeah. and something better. And that's my job really is to go just share that and whether it be real estate, whether it be a dinner with a friend, whether it be someone else going through a tragic time, um, God's given me the ability to a natural born ability of confidence, not just in myself, but in him. And my faith is never, it's wavered. But it's never went away, and my weight, my faith has been shaken before, but it's never ever been gone. Mm. And I, I just want someone to know there's a hope that's much bigger, and there's there's joy to be had, there's happiness to be had, there's, um, there's going to be obstacles, and there's going to be detours, and there's going to be I think of all the stupid road construction we have everywhere, and it's annoying. This was annoying for me last week. Mm-hmm. It was very annoying two weeks ago. It's very annoying for me. It's been annoying since. I don't like the attention. I don't want the. I don't want somebody to think I'm fragile. I don't. I don't want all that. I'm fine. I'm healthy. It's been annoying, but I feel like God had a purpose and a plan in that annoyance too, and that detour mm-hmm. and that roadblock. And I got to make some choices too to get the junk out of my mind and then to fall in back into what I know is true and real. Yeah. And, and grasp that. That's awesome. Okay, man, that was awesome. Thanks for sharing. That. I know that wasn't an easy thing to share and I know you haven't told anybody or shared really with anybody. So I appreciate you doing that with us here. Um, yeah, it's hard. I'm sure Phil is just sitting over here just listening. <laughs> but um, one of the thoughts that I always have when I ask this kind of everybody I know is, and this was taken from somebody we, um, it was a mentor to us both at one point. Um, if you have a billboard that 10,000 people are going to drive by every day, or you're going to be standing in front of somebody on stage, standing in front of a million people on stage, um, you know, 30 words or less, what do you want people to know? Hmm. Well, I would just say that uh, 30 words or less, that you you just have worth. You You have worth and you make up your mind to do something and you, you can do it. Um, very much words that have said to me my whole life, you pull up your bootstraps and you figure it out and you go do it and you adapt. Um, you surround yourself with those that are going to, um, lift you up and really be in your corner and really be cheering you on and really be praying for you and really be supporting for you. Um, be careful of what you let into your mind I go back to my childhood and my mom wouldn't let me listen to certain music. Mm. There's a reason. There's a real reason for that. Yeah. What you allow just into your your psyche. 
Um, I would tell people, be careful of that. Uh, find some mentors, find some people that you want to emulate their lives, whether it be parenting or marriage or work. Um, I've got, I've gotten the opportunity, like I told you, to walk into my dad's footsteps when it comes to business and leadership and growth. And I've also got the opportunity to walk into my mom's footsteps and to see what it's like to be classy and a lady and hold your head high, whether you've got $5 or $5 million Mm -hmm. and to be, um, just to find again, the joy and the hope stand on your faith, um, walk with others, be a support, find those that support you, believe in a dream and keep dreaming. Don't ever stop dreaming and don't miss that moment. Just don't miss a moment. Don't, don't not take, don't, don't not make the phone call. Um, there's a song out right now and it's so very popular by Cody Johnson. And it's like, till you can't, till you can't. I mean, Mm -hmm. because there will be a time that you're faced with that you might can't. Yeah. Well, um, man, I said, um, you know, friend, real estate agent, those things describing you, what I really should have said was leader, boss, babe, (laughs) (laughs) you know, inspiring. You're awesome. Phil, you have any thoughts for Carrie? I think she answered uh, the question that I had was basically, my thought is always, how do we impart our our knowledge into other people and how do we take all of that? So um, I do have a question and it's for someone trying to figure out their purpose in life and what their mission is like, what's, I know you've obviously gone through all the trials and tribulations to figure out that for your own life, but what's some advice you would give to someone who wants to figure that out in their own life that may be um, struggling to get there? So Phil, you know, I've had a lot of good mentors um, throughout my life and I've had a lot of good examples and I've also filled my head with a lot of good stuff and tried to be in the middle of all the things, but to give someone um, I don't know, maybe a roadmap to figure out their purpose and passion. And, um, you know, those words are just so big. It seems sometimes mm-hmm. is to really get down and write down some stuff in journal, some things. And a counselor told me like 22 years ago, like truly write things down and, and figure out this is how I got into real estate. God knows what I liked. I don't like to clock in and I don't want to be somewhere from eight to five and I don't want to be stuck in a building. And I've got to also have some social things going on. I've got to have some people in my life and figure out really what you like and, and don't like, don't stifle what you like. Mm-hmm. Don't stifle what you don't like. If you don't yeah. like it, you don't like it. Yeah. If you really love it, then love it. And don't be ashamed of who you are. I'm, I'm, out there and I'm excited about life and I'm louder than most and I'm happy, not fake. I truly am happy. I'm a glass half full. I've had this dream too about fancy glasses and drinking out of fancy cups and coffee cups and wine glasses. And don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of the fact that I will get up every, I put makeup on before surgery on Thursday. Don't ever put a lid on who you are. Mm -hmm. Like really take the things that you're happy about and you're joyful about and and put those out there and then go, okay, so what is going to fit me best? Um, in our industry, we think we have to do it a certain way because that's what the book says or that's mm-hmm. what somebody else said. Well, I don't do it a certain way. In fact, I'm kind of haphazard, but don't ever <laughs> yeah. come and shadow me every day. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I would give that advice, Phil, first. Just don't ever put a lid on yourself awesome. and really figure out what makes you happy. Don't try yeah, to be somebody you're not. You're not just a glass half full person. You're a grateful there's water in my cup person. Yes, yeah. very much. Yeah. Very much. Because things could just be very different. And even mm. now, I've been, I mean, that's I've lived it through some experiences in my life, but not like I have the last two weeks. Right. Um, things have happened to those around me. And yeah, some things have happened in my life and I've kind of gotten mm-hmm. past and over and all the things and had to pivot and, you know, get around the detours and move. My other thing to someone would be really get in prayer and get in the word because you're not going to find your passion and your purpose until you really hear God speaking to in your life and not audibly sometimes it's going to be the little things he shows you 
it's like, I jokingly told Jacoby, hey, somebody's been asking me to do a podcast for like five years. and I've had a blog started for like 12 years. And Mm -hmm. these are things that were in my mind like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. that I knew God would use me someday on a platform. Yeah, It may not be on a stage in front of 50,000 people. It may only be in front of this room right here with you two across from me. Um, and who knows if five people are going to hear this or 50,000 people are right. going to hear this, it's going to be exactly who needs to. So don't, don't not share your story. Don't, um, you know, don't set it on a shelf. Yeah. Um, when you're trying to find your passion and purpose, I, I believe that if you get in the word and you pray, I believe if you write down those things that truly make you, you, mm-hmm. um, I like to dress up. You're not going to see me in tennis shoes and a t-shirt very often. Right. <laughs> um, don't just, be you. Don't don't be anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that's, you know, you could write it on a piece of paper and you're going to see it everywhere. Just be you. Well, truly just mm-hmm. do you. Like, be you. Be who God created you to be. And the rest will come. I yeah. promise you, the rest will come. The successes will come. I never thought I'd be in this industry 10 years later. I didn't think I'd be in radio for 15 yeah. years. And, you know, all the things you, if you're, you go to college and you get a degree or you go mm-hmm. to school and you get a trade or whatever you're, or you don't, you know, my parents, neither one did. And all these years later, you know, I've just been used in different ways and I've been able to help people, um, figure out what make, you know, I always tell people just figure out what makes you happy. Yeah. So, I uh, I know that we've touched on your personal side, but I thought about it when you just said been in this business for 10 years. There's going to be some realtors that are going to listen to this because we have a community. And uh, I want you to give your best piece of advice to a brand new real estate agent or a struggling real estate agent. And then we're going to, I want another piece of advice for a first time investor. So, a brand new agent Mm -hmm. or a struggling agent, Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've been both. Right. I've been brand new and I've struggled not just when I was brand new, Mm -hmm. I struggled over even the last few years. Mm -hmm. My advice is again, find what you're really good at. Know that before you even get in this business or before you're in that struggling place or know it today. Figure out what you're really good at. I'm really good at talking. Yeah. I'm afraid of it. You and me both. I'm not afraid of rejection. I'm not afraid to go meet a friend. I'm not a go, not afraid to talk to anybody that will listen to me. Mm. Period. Does that mean that feels that way? Uh-uh. But I, that was what one thing that I knew I could do well. So as a struggling or brand new agent, know what you're really good at and whatever you're really good at, then integrate it into something in real estate and find a good leader that will maybe help you integrate it. If you're really good at design, figure out how to put it into real estate. Mm. If you're really good at talking to people, figure out how to put it into real estate. If you're really good at um, just being a salesman, that's fine. There's just salespeople in this business too right. that are salesy. I don't ever want to be that. Right. If you're good at social things, be good at social things. So for a struggling or new agent, really hone in on two or three things, maybe just two, that you really love to do and then figure out how to make it part of your business. So um, for a brand new investor or an investor that's been investing um in, you know, any type of real estate and they wanted to do like an Airbnb besides calling you, what, what advice would you give them? Or maybe the advice is call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so yes, call me first yes. because I will tell you what has worked and what not has worked in all of the frustrations. I had frustrations earlier today with some things and how to overcome. But Jacoby, like with, with me, go visit some yourself. Yeah. Listen to the podcast. Read everything. That's another thing for a new agent or a struggling agent. Read everything you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I even read the label off of a freaking water bottle. Yeah. It Just is educate yourself. Literally educate yourself with yeah. everything you can. Learn mm-hmm. the words that you don't know. Know why how Airbnb started. I mean, that's what I did. I read up on the founder and I, I realized he put a blow up mattress on a floor and said, hey, come stay at my house. Yeah. Um, and then look at the market, like just go on and play on the app and and look in other communities and see where you want to be. Um, go travel. That's a passion of mine is traveling. And so when I'm traveling, 
I'm trying to learn more. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing that's working? What are they yeah, doing that's working? Back? Or what, what was in their instruction book that I need to have in my instruction book? Mm-hmm. Or what was their picture showing that yeah. my pictures aren't showing? Or um, what did I enjoy about where I stayed or didn't stay? And so as an investor that wants to get in it or just getting into it, I say just literally educate yourself yeah. so much that you get overload, like so much. Yeah, just become an expert, be learning-based, and just really dive into the education. I love yes. that. So speaking of that, you're starting a Facebook group for your Airbnb hosts. I am. And so um, if you get this podcast and you want to be in her exclusive inner circle, reach out to her. So. Yeah, because it's exciting. I just had a conversation last week. They have one in – some people live in Decatur. They have mm-hmm. one in um, the Smoky Mountains of – Georgia somewhere they're wanting one at the lake and then they want one somewhere else and just on a conversation you know we started talking about it and there they are somebody that I'm going to add and I said yeah it's my hope to have this Facebook group up and running yeah uh, just investor Airbnb owners yes yeah cool thanks for being here today you have anything else we need to know I don't know, Jacoby. I probably have a whole lot more I to know. say. We're gonna have um, to do this again. Yeah, we will. And thank you for having me on here. It's just a, it's a, it's. I don't know. It, it brings me joy to be around you and your friendship and your encouragement and being part of, I don't know, something that's bigger than me. And and Phil has been, Phil's seen things in me and spoke things and and watched also yeah. just as things that maybe try transpired. And I will share something. I feel like I'm being refined in the fire. Mm. And like when you're when you're heating something up and it gets sharper or you're turning a hand blown glass in the heat and it's changing and it's evolving and you don't know when you pull something out of that fire what it's going to look like other than it's not going to look like what you put it in there is. And it's going to come out as something different. I feel like that's where I am now. So I'm excited to see where A, where, where we all go from here, but then B, what God's taking me to next in this business and my friendships and my personal life. Um, there's a story to tell and I'm not missing a moment. Man, I love that. Awesome. I love that so much. Thanks for being here, Carrie. Thank you. 